Hawks live every Thursday night at 7, live at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar in Bellevue's Lincoln Square. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling's Batch Number 12 Vodka. Come on, guys. Let me take over. And Legendary Donuts on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. Dave Wyman and Paul Moyer. Give it up for Nick Vanette. Nick, how you doing, man? Doing great. How you guys doing? It's good to see you, man. I, uh, the last time we talked to you, um, you were uh, were talking about your back, and you were just kind of sharing with us in the off uh, during the break. There, you're feeling really good this time of year, man. That's that's pretty rare for December, right? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Um, yeah, like I just told you earlier, I felt like I was dealing with more stuff in the beginning of the season than I am now, um, which is good. I mean, that's how you want it to be, especially with this playoff push that we're gonna make. Um, so. I mean, that's the key, really, to you know, going as far as we want to go is just make sure everyone's healthy and everyone's feeling great. I mean, that's, that's going to be the difference maker for this team. You know, you've made some really key catches this year, and I was watching. This is a very strange thing that you might think is weird, but I was watching you run a route in warm-ups down in L.A., the Rams, and I was just watching your feet and the execution and everything. I'm like, man. That guy, you're, you're on top of your game right now, and you made some really good key catches this year. Talk about uh, how happy, how, how do you feel at this point in your career? Are you feeling like you're, you're turning a corner? Are you learning stuff every day? What's it, what's it like? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely just um, progressing, you know, each, each week, each year. Um, you know, things didn't start off the way I wanted to when I first got here. You know, I kind of had an injury, kind of um, stopped my progression, you know, from for for allowing me to get to where I wanted to go. Um, and then, you know, just having Jimmy and Luke, you know, in front of me, and um, which was great for me because I got to learn from those guys and, you know, especially a guy like Jimmy, you know, who's been there, who's done it. Um, and then finally get to this season where, you know, I kind of get thrown into the, the shuffle of being the guy and um, just was so thrilled about the opportunity of showcasing what I can do and really just kind of took everything to a whole other level, just my preparation, um, just the way I go about, you know, just – just throughout the building, like just, you know, kind of acting like a pro and just how I go about my business. Um, um, just kind of took everything up, up a notch and I think it really allowed me to focus in and really, you know, make, like you said, make some of these key plays that I've made this season. And um, I just try to take advantage of every opportunity I get. So um, that's all I try to do. You know, sometimes it, it takes time. I mean, we, we talk about time when our playing days you know, the second, the third year, the fourth year. It was like four year. years ago, but Yeah, it was a long time <laughs> it was like ago. like three yeah, or four decades yes. ago. Yes. <laughs> but you are, you're the third leading receiver for the Seahawks. You know, and coming into the season, I'm not sure, you know, you would have thought that. Or I didn't some know Some of the that. other people <laughs> would have thought that. Yeah. Um, and, and part you didn't of it, really? I didn't know that at all. You didn't know See, right now? players don't know about stats. All they know is the, the upcoming... The upcoming game. I just know about my opponent. That's all. Yeah, that's exactly. all I need to focus on. That's that's impressive. Well, you are. You, uh, you got Lockett and Doug Baldwin and you. That's impressive. Um, you know George Fant. You know coming in to be more <laughs> of the well the blocker, which frees you up. Yeah. To all of a sudden, you know, put you at a wing or or move you outside wide and, and use more of your your pass in skills along the way. But before I get to Tell me, you, you said something earlier. You feel better now than you did at the beginning of the season. What, why do you think that is? Um, like I said earlier, just kind of taking everything up an extra notch, you know, just the way I prepare, just the way I take care of my body. Um, you know, I've had some, obviously, you know, people know that I've had some back issues, and, um, you know, I couldn't play in the lending game because of that. And from that point on, I just, you know, every day I've just been doing stuff, like whether it's working on my core, doing Pilates, you know, once, twice a week, um, which has really helped for me. 
Um, you know, I've been seeing like muscle activation technique guys just to kind of make sure every muscle is kind of working the proper way. Um, and, you know, just getting massages and, you know, contrasting hot, cold. I mean, I'm, you name it, I'm doing it. You, you know, know, it sounds like you're at a resort, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just hanging out and enjoying life. But, you know, obviously technology. Does, do the Seahawks supply most of that or do you have to do that through a third party? Yeah, most of it. I mean, we have a lot of the stuff, you know, in the facility. Like we have the hot tubs, cold tubs. Um, they'll bring masseuses in. We'll just sign up for those. Um, but, you know, as far as the Pilates, as far as like the... The muscle activation technique stuff, you know, I do that on my own. Um, I found out that that really helps me. So it kind of took me a while to figure out because, you know, each player is different, you know. Um, you know, everything works, everything works differently for other people. So it kind of took me a while to figure out, okay, this is what I need to do each week, each day for me to be at my best, for me to feel the best so I can go out and perform like the best. Paul, can you imagine Chuck Knox <laughs> in our day saying, Boys, uh, we got a free sign-up sheet for massages here. Uh, yeah, and also, there was no food, there, no. by the way. We didn't get any food, no food at all. nothing. My rookie year, when I, I made the team, and I didn't think I was going to. And, uh, yes, you did. Yeah, they were like, well, yeah, Paul gets You were right. a second-round pick. He doesn't you were like that I was team. a second-round He was a free agent, and so he's we very had to bitter. Work hard. He's bitter towards me because I'm a sec- I was a second-round draft choice. But anyway, I was like, I didn't know that uh, we had 10 minutes for lunch. Like, where am I supposed to go in 10 minutes? No. And so I went hungry that day. Yeah, there was no food. This was back they in the day. They expect you to get food within 10 minutes. Yeah, well, no, they no, expect was, you to we bring used to it. Go, matter of fact, Eric Kennedy, Eric Kennedy was still was in the equipment room when we were playing. And wow. we would have them go and grab food like at Wendy's or someplace. And they would bring it back and sack lunches for guys and if. By the way, Dad, I usually ate years. That's why you didn't have oh, any food. Um, also, he was a rookie. Uh, it happened. It Sorry. <laughs> he was a it, bad it's, teammate. <laughs> it's a different world because you now have a restaurant and everything's organic. They, they have things out in Puyallup. They have their own. It's, it's, a, it's remarkable, the stuff you have. And it pays off. Yeah, it definitely does. And I hear a lot of players talking about, um, you know, taking care of their bodies and everything and, and what you eat. Uh, who was it? it? I think it was George Fant or Quentin uh, Jefferson maybe talking about, you know, their diet and everything. And that stuff's really important. And uh, you, you really have to, to emphasize that stuff. Absolutely. You know, um, it gives you the edge. I mean, yeah, you know, you got you to look at the way like, okay, the way you fuel Lamborghini, it's not going to take, you know, normal unleaded gas. I mean, you're going to fuel with the best fuel out there. And that's the way, I mean, that's kind of how we are, you know, as athletes. You know, we're like Lamborghinis and you want to get the best output as if you want to get the best you can out of your body i mean you gotta you gotta put the right stuff in it so um you know i i've, I've kind of learned how to cook for myself um I, that's usually how i do it you know a lot of guys do meal preps stuff like that um but yeah like you know the stuff that we serve at the vmac you know is pretty good um so you know between that and just cooking for myself you know that's kind of i try to eliminate eating out as much as i can because um, I feel like if I'm cooking myself, I know what I'm making, I know right. it's healthy, and I know what I'm putting in my body. Right. Um, so that's what I do. What, what kind of car would you say you are? I was, I was thinking, I was if thinking, he's a Lamborghini. You were a Ford. I, I drive <laughs> I a Cadillac. A, I was tough, an F-150. Huh? <laughs> yeah, he's a, you're a Ford truck. I, I drive Caddy. So I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sure. yeah <laughs> those aren't bad either. Those yeah, talk, nice. talk about your journey, Nick. I mean, you go to Ohio State and, you know, just the, the time. Did you know the Hawks were interested in you and were going to draft you? Just what that was all about. Yeah, I had no idea until the day of the draft. Um, actually, the second day of the draft, since I was a third-round draft pick, um, 
you know, my agent called me that day and mentioned that there's a few teams interested, and they mentioned the Seahawks, which I didn't, I didn't have any talk with them throughout the whole process. Um, so they mentioned, I was like, oh, that's weird. You know, they got Jimmy, they got Luke. That's weird that they would need a tight end. And then, you know, when I get the phone call, I get the 425 area number. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to be a Seahawk. <laughs> um, so you knew it. You knew what the area code was. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it popped up as Brent Washington. I was like, all right, you know, there's only one team in Washington, yep. and that's the Seahawks. So, um, but man, ever since then, it's just been a blessing just to be out here, um, just to be with the guys I get to go to work with every day, um, you know, to play for Coach Pete and, you know, to have John Schneider as the GM and all these guys in the roles. I mean, it's, it's second to none. I mean, we have guys that come in from other places and they just talk about how amazing it is to, to have what we have here and how, like, other places don't get the luxury of what we have. Um, so I just yeah, try to. Guys like Jerron Brown coming in from Arizona, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's, it's different here, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a lot different, you know. Even just to have the location of where we have our facility, right, right on the lake, you know, to have the views and to be able to go and practice and see the lake and get the nice breeze coming off the lake. You know, you don't have to worry about those hot, humid uh, training camps that I had to go through in Columbus, Ohio. Right. Um, yeah, that poor, poor Columbus, Ohio. You guys probably didn't have any facilities or anything there. You, you took a pay cut when you come here. Come on, be honest. Oh, stop it. Come on. Stop no, it. No I'm sorry. Everything was I took level this sideways. State. My bad. We're going to bring it back. He went to Arizona State. He's bitter because... I took a pay cut, too. Yeah, exactly. But you, you had quite a career. You went to four bowl games? Yeah. In, in, well... Well, you yeah, yeah, I did. Championship Excluded my first year. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, no. So my first year, I, I registered. We went to the Gator Bowl. That was like an off year. That was when um, the whole tattoo scandal went on. A Gator with Bowl? Went to the Gator Bowl. I, is there still a Gator Bowl? I couldn't tell I've you. never heard of the Gator well, Bowl. Well, I played in the Gator Bowl. Did you really? Yeah, the one time at Stanford when we went to a bowl game. Gator Bowl, yeah, down in Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. Right down okay. in Jacksonville. You said a couple words there I want to go back to. Tattoo scam? Yeah, you, yeah. You guys probably remember yeah. that, you know, when Somebody we had five guys on our team that got free tattoos, free tattoos. and and that blew uh, the whole thing up. Yeah, because you know Jim Tressel, as a as a result, Jim Tressel, who recruited me, um, he he resigned, and that happened right. That was like that was a month before I even reported to Ohio State. Um, so then we had Luke Fickle as our interim coach, and you know we went six and seven that year, which was like the worst season since like eighteen whatever. Um, <laughs> and then you know Urban Meyer comes in and. You know, we went 12 and 0 that year, but we, as a result That's from the tattoo scandal, we had a bowl band, so we didn't play in a bowl that year. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I think we played in the Orange Bowl. Um, and then the year after that, that's when we won the national championship. We played in the Sugar Bowl against Bama. Then we played Oregon in the national championship. Um, obviously, you know, I think everybody knows the result. Of that I was game. there for well, that game, and you I scored was... a touchdown in that game. Yeah, right? I did. Yeah. I did. Awesome. Had a little flat route, so that was nice. Yeah. Let me ask you, I like asking players this because I had no idea up until the point when I got drafted. When did you, did you get an inkling or an idea that, hey, I could be an NFL player? When, when did that happen for you, do you think? Um, I mean, really just throughout my junior year. Um, you know, when I started, like I said, taking advantage of the opportunities, you know, we didn't throw the ball that much. You know, we had Zeke Elliott in the backfield, so you're going to give him the ball most of the time. Um, you also have Mike Thomas split out wide. I mean, we had so many weapons that they just couldn't really find room to you know throw it to the tight end. But when we did, I just made sure that I caught every ball. Um, you know, just made every play I could. And you know, I think the national championship game really helped me out. You know, I blocked really well in that game, and obviously I scored a touchdown. So 
you know, just playing that good on that stage, I think really um, got my name out there. And then as a result, you know, I went into my senior year as like the number one senior tight end. Um, and then, I mean, I, I think once agents started kind of hitting me up, that's when I was like, all right, you know what, we can make a career out of this. Talk about uh, you got a couple of Michigan uh, teammates uh, on the Seahawks as well, and you know we've got the Apple Cup, big big rivalry. But there's there's some big rivalries, Ohio State and Michigan. You guys, it's the you, biggest one. You, you never lost to them. You talk about what that is, just that intensity for that week, because you've got a hundred thousand plus wherever you're going. Yeah. Um, but you know, maybe share that with the audience. I mean, it's it's hard to put into words. Um, you know, it goes way before our time, you know. It goes between, like, Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler, you know, in those days. You know, that's really when the rivalry heated up. And ever since then, I mean, it's just – it's always been a war. I mean, that's that's how we describe it. You know, it's a war It's a war week. And, you know, we're always playing – there's this LL Cool J song, you know, it's time for war. And we always play throughout the whole facility um, the whole week. You know, that's the only song we're playing. Um, they want our minds on – beat Michigan, you know, the whole week. Um, we make our scout team players, you know, they tape their helmets so they have the Michigan wings and the Michigan helmets um, wearing all the, you know, the blue and maize. Um, and then we also bring in, you know, former players throughout the week just to, you know, speak on the rivalry. Like, we brought in Eddie George. Um, we brought in Earl Bruce. He's came in. I mean, he's – I've never seen anyone as fiery as that guy. You oh, know, yeah. it's, it's intense, you know, especially as old as he was when he came. You know, unfortunately he passed away. But, um, you know, a couple of years ago when he did come in, um, I mean, I've never seen a coach or person so fiery and so we got so excited about the you know the rivalry. And and is that stem from Urban Meyer or is that something that was always passed down to you guys as well? And to talk about Urban Meyer, I mean, we don't really know him, you know, other than what you see on on TV. Yeah. I mean, is his strength just motivation? Is it, you know what is what is it about Urban Meyer? Uh, man, he's just. I mean, he's a hell of a coach. I mean, obviously, I think the record. You know, proves that on you know, all the stats and whatnot. Um, but I think with him is like he's he like he's he hones in on the, the little details. You know, it's like every I mean everything has to be perfect throughout the week. You know, he's you know, he was tough. He was a tough coach. You know, he he yelled at us a lot. You know, he said some things that probably I shouldn't repeat right now. But <laughs> a little different um, than Pete. yeah, yeah. He's I mean night and day with Pete. Yeah, um, you know, two different styles. You know, Urban was more of a business coach and. It was either his way or – and his way worked. I mean, it shows. I mean, if you bought into his culture, I mean, that, that's – I think that's what led us to the national championship and why he continues to have success. Yeah, but would he grab an opposing, opposing linebacker and punch him in the stomach? Because that's what Woody Hayes did. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen that, that video? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that There's crazy? Clemson? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember um, that, Paul? Yeah, I do. I mean, Linebacker gets a pick. I'm old enough to actually remember it and him being fired the next day. Yeah, yes. and he actually grabbed a linebacker and punched him. Yeah. What do you um, think you'd do if an opposing coach punched you in the stomach? Would you let him have it, or would you just be like, I really? Just, I think I'd be in shock. Like, I just yeah. wouldn't know what was happening. I don't know. Did this old man really just punch me in the yeah. gut? I mean, I'm not really one. To, I'm not one really to <laughs> fight back, you know, yeah. against you know with stuff like that, but. I, mean, I don't know. I think I would step away from the situation and just be like, you know, what the heck just happened? <laughs> Dave, do you remember we played? We I played you your freshman year, Stanford. Who was your? Who was the coach? He had the spiked hair. Ah, uh, that was uh, Paul Wigan. He tried to trip me when I was coming. He did. Not. I promise you. No. I promise Paul you. Paul Moyer tripped on the grass just like I didn't George Fant did I said the he other tried day. <laughs> there was to something trip. grabbed up. 
Paul Wiggins is the nicest man in the world. There's no way. you. That was on you. Well, I just Entirely on had a you. good game against them. That's why. <laughs> By the way, how much of a hard time did you guys give George Fant about when he made that catch? It was a beautiful catch. And I, I love George, his story. He, we had him here last week. And he had his beautiful wife and, and baby boys here. Mm-hmm. And he's just like the greatest story. And he finally gets a chance to make the catch. And he makes a beautiful catch. But then all of a sudden he just stumbles, and I was like, oh, dude, he's going to hear about it in meetings, right? And when you look at film, what did you guys say to George? Um, Yeah, I think the alignment gave him more of a hard time than everybody else did. Um, You're a good guy. (laughs) You're just a good guy. I mean, you know, I give him a hard time, definitely. You know, the fact that, you know, he could have gotten 15, you know, you know what I mean? If, th- if that was thrown to us, we probably would have got, I don't know. Who knows? We probably would still be running. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that he started tumbling, you know, after he took like three steps after he caught the ball, it's like, okay, you know, that's like a typical lineman, you know. But he's not a typical, I mean, he's no. like so athletic. It's just, he is. I mean, he's done it in practice and he's made some good plays, good catches. He turns up and runs, but it's just funny how, like, okay, now we're on Monday night, and you finally get your opportunity, and you just kind of stumble. <laughs> you know, the, the, we, we had George on a, a few weeks ago, and, and, and actually everybody we've had on this year, they're just great guys. Yeah. You know, I, you talk about what – I forget last year. Talk about this year. What, what's it like going to work, and is it really that much fun? Do you guys really like each other that much? Because yeah. that's what it seems like. Yeah, there's not one person I don't get along with on the team. Um, and you know we're so young. You know we, unfortunately, you know we lost you know guys like Sherm and all the all the leaders and all the guys that were here that you know helped get, bring the Super Bowl here. Um, but you know, you know we still have Bobby Wagner, we still have Russ, still have KJ Wright, like those leaders. Um, and we just brought in you know newer younger guys. And I just think that you know for the young guys, you know we really haven't proved a whole lot. And I think it's our duty just to kind of buy into the culture. You know to listen to these older guys, you know who have been there, who have done it who have had the success, um, and, you know, we just have fun doing it, you know, every day. Like, you know, it's just a testament to, you know, Pete, you know, and what he believes in. You know, he just kind of, you know, makes things loose and, you know, just allows guys to be themselves. And, you know, we're having, like, you know, basketball tournaments and team meetings, you know. He just He's all about competing all the time. You know, whatever you do, whether it's football or, you know, outside of the facility, you know, he always just wants to hone it. You know, he always wants to emphasize that, you know, we're always going to compete no matter what, and we have fun doing it. Well, and you see it in the celebrations. One of the funniest things I heard was <laughs> the wide receivers have a celebration, and then you got to be part of it, and somebody asked, well, why was Nick there? And they said, because we needed a white dude. <laughs> and so tell us about that and how you got involved, and what was that celebration about anyway? Yeah, so it was like... I mean, it was, I think it was like after the first touchdown, you know, Doug calls me over. So the defense is on the field. We're on the sidelines. He calls me over and he's like, all right, you know, we're going to do the celebration. Here's what you got to do. Um, so he kind of described it to me. And I was like, what is, okay, what is this? He's like, oh, this is a scene from Life. You ever seen the movie Life? Yeah. Uh, I've heard about it, but I've not seen it. Yeah. Um, I've seen it, but I didn't really remember the scene too mm-hmm. well. So. <laughs> Um, I guess, you know, there was a white guy in the scene that was trying to figure out which baby belonged to which guy, and we pretended that the ball was the baby, and I was just kind of going down the line and be like, okay, no, that's not, doesn't belong to you, that's not you. <laughs> so, now I that's get what it. that was. <laughs> they almost need, like, cards to tell you what it is. Yeah. Because now I get what that was, because I remember the movie. Yeah. Oh, that is funny. The only one I knew was the Macarena. I was like, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Well, but, the, but tip, the rest of them. No, the tip. 
Well, the tip was cool. Oh, that yeah, was that was a big really well thought out. part of it. I, okay, I mean, do you guys like spend? Who comes up with it? How do you guys decide who's going to practice the celebration and, and whose idea is it? So uh, the receiver started this year. You know, they obviously started it in the beginning of the year. And then, you know, I like I would see them practicing it during practice. You know, whenever the offense wasn't out there, whenever the defense was practicing, um, I would go over to them and I would start throwing some ideas like, oh, you know, we should do this, we should do that. And I don't know if you guys remember, like, I think it was on Thursday Night Football when we did the swag surf. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so good. That, that was my idea. Okay. So they liked it. Um, so I just kind of, I mean, yeah, we, we practiced it during practice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How fun it, is that? Yeah. Are you, are you still rocking the, the short shorts and doing Techno Thursday? Techno gone, Thursday? Right? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's not doing so well this year. David Moore came in with short shorts on today. Came in. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, practice? We, yeah, well, we did an interview with him. Oh, really? So yeah. There are some short shorts going on. It's not a good look, Nick. Yeah. I mean, I, I like it. Do you <laughs> like the short shorts? I mean, I feel, like, I feel more aerodynamic when I run around <laughs> in the field, so I like it. What, what do you like doing off the field, Nick? Um, I mean, whenever I get the chance, you know, the free time, I just like, like I said, taking care of my body, making sure. I mean, that's first and foremost. Um, you know, that's my business. It's my body, making sure that's running right. Um, Are you and then a video, when, video game guy? Or no, I don't, guy? I don't play any video games. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, not that good. So, and I get so, I'm so competitive with it. And like, I just get so worked up. And it's, it's just not healthy. So I don't even bother with it. You know, these guys are talking about Fortnite and all that. I haven't even played one game of Fortnite. Like, I don't, I don't play Madden. I, don't, I mean, if I play any game, it would be 2K. But I don't, I don't even own a gaming system. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, my, I guess my free time, you know, if I had the time, you know, me and my girlfriend will, you know, try to get, be a little adventurous. You know, we'll just go, go around town, maybe go into Seattle and, you know, check some things out and just, I don't know, just do something new. Just really quick, meeting your girlfriend, tell us a little bit about that. You shared a little bit on, on the show. You said something about you shot your shot, man. Shot it was my shot. A, yeah. Good for you. You're a lot braver than I was. Yeah. If you have a beautiful girlfriend, and, you know, I was, I was afraid of Paul actually I, had to pass a note to my wife and uh well nick we are the last two to marry seagulls my wife his wife best friend so we i had to push and introduce him to shannon his smoking hot shy, wife yeah. oh, so it's kind of like the story with me and tanner then yeah uh, we kind of because tanner you was and dating him? her sister ah. oh yeah okay so yeah. but it started after me and her started hanging out because me and tanner were teammates at the, or uh, roommates at the time yeah um talk about tanner mac for yeah yep Okay. Uh, we were roommates at the time, and then, you cool. know, she started coming over and hanging out, and um, found out that you know that she has a younger sister. So, and then when she came in town, we kind of connected and kind of took off from there. So, good for you. But uh, I, she she's an Idaho girl. Say that again. Is she from Idaho. Yeah. My my daughter went to Boise State, so my son's oh, yeah, so name's Nick. So there's a connection here. This is good. <laughs> Maybe former Miss Idaho. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see. <laughs> uh, this is good. <laughs> so, Nick is hesitant he well. to discuss his. Hey, I, yeah, he's I like he goes. He could let it go. Yeah, I'll let it and, go. And you're probably tired of hearing stories about the old days too. When no, we no, no, no. You can't hear enough of that. Things Dave. like that. <laughs> Nick, we really appreciate you coming out here, man. I know you got a busy week, and you know you're tired and everything. It's week what 14 coming up here, and uh, you've done like you've <laughs> done just an awesome job. I'm glad to see you healthy and playing well. And we really appreciate you coming out, buddy. Absolutely. No, pleasure is mine. Thanks, appreciate you having Nick me on. Give it up for Nick. Thank you.
All right, it's Talks Live here at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar. I want to thank Nick, of course, for joining us. We also want to thank our great sponsors, Heritage Distillings Batch Number 12 Vodka and Legendary Donuts. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by my co-host on Misfit Radio, Danny O'Neill. That's next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live. I want to thank Pearl for the delicious dinner before the show at Chicken Marsala tonight. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. He's the best. Nick Manette, who was our guest. Come yeah. on down to Pearl. Enjoy all the drink and food specials they have going on during the show. We have a show next week, and I think that might be it. Season's coming to an it end, is. Paul. It's unbelievable. I'm getting kind of sad. Uh, I don't, it's been a fun year. And yeah, right it, now, we got Danny O'Neill. Danny! Are you able to see the television and what just happened in this football game? I did watch the two-point conversion in which I don't think you can blow a coverage more completely than the Chargers did. Oh, are the, Yeah, when the, you have three guys oh, sorry, on the one Chiefs. wide receiver. Yeah, the Chiefs busted the coverage. The Chargers oh went in walk-off fashion. Is that what, you know what? what they would call it in, ba- in a baseball game? Well, I guess there's four <laughs> seconds left. Yeah, but still, I mean, I, I love that call. To me, it's like every play, I'm sorry, every game comes down to one, two, three plays. And, you know, let's, as Nick Vanette would say, Danny, shoot your shot, man. And they shot it, and uh, they, they won, man. It was, uh, that was an unbelievable play, a really good job. And now, all of a sudden, and NASA pointed this out, our executive producer, unfortunately, the Chiefs are going to have something, a little something to play for when they come here to CenturyLink Field. Well, I mean... I don't think the Seahawks care. <laughs> it's like, yeah. first of all, Kansas City's defense, which has gotten better this year, but uh, they'll have a hard time stopping our run. Right, that'll be a fun game. You know yeah, what? Uh, Honestly, Dave, I think it's interesting because the Seahawks are the team that actually might not have anything to play for now. And, yeah. and so I, I tend to agree with Paul. I, I think that's actually a best-case scenario for Seattle to have Kansas City come here loaded for bear, needing to win because they're now tied with Kansas City in the standings. But if if the Chiefs win out, they'll still win the division. So they've got everything to play for on, on the 23rd. And I think it's, it's, it's a great, it's, it, it'll be a great test for Seattle to have one of the league's better offenses going up against them because we'll see how much they've improved or progressed or if the, what we saw Monday night against Minnesota is is a turning point for this defense. Well, and the thing is, and I, I have to admit, I kind of fall into the trap of like, oh, my gosh, this team's unbeatable. You know, you look at New Orleans, the Rams. The Rams were made to look very ordinary on Sunday night against Chicago, and then you see that uh, a team like San Diego can go in and beat Kansas City, who looked invincible in the AFC. So it's kind of cool, and I, I thought what the Seahawks did on Monday night against a really good team in Minnesota was a great example of that and, and how uh, this team is starting to come together, this young team that is just entirely peppered with guys that have been acquired or drafted or whatever, traded for in the last couple of years. Yeah, you've certainly seen what, what Pete's used the, ter- the, the term a turn. We've taken a turn, whether you want to call it turning it over, whether you want to call it restocking the roster. That, that defense is is largely the majority of it has been put in place over the past two years. And Seattle has the same record right now that it had after 13 games last year. They're 8-5. and five. But the trajectory is vastly different yeah. because this team you can expect and should improve 
primarily because of the youth of that defense. This defense is going to get better. We see the quarterback in place. They've got the running game going. So while last year I think they were kind of teetering and what turned out to be a collapse at the end, this team I feel really is hitting its stride. You know what's interesting, Danny, is, and I truly believe Pete Carroll, if they win this thing out, not not to the Super Bowl, but just if they finish with 11 wins, should be coach of the year. And And here's why. You're starting to see other teams' injuries and how much it affects them. Kansas City, you know, losing Hunt. I know that wasn't an injury, but Tyreek Hill, who's been a little banged up. They've got Watson, who's banged up. Um, you look at the Rams, they, they lose Cup. And you, you see these teams now, and when they lose that player, they, they don't have anything to fall back on. The Seahawks, we lose Fluker, and we go, ah, oh, that's a big deal, but it's not a it's not going to kill this team. K.J. Wright, yeah, it's not going to kill this team. Doug Baldwin, not going to kill this team. I, to me, the brilliance of what he does playing young guys at the beginning of the year, getting them playing time for these type opportunities, I, I, to me, that's coach of the year stuff. I would completely agree with you, Paul. And to, to deal with the challenge of having a perception out there that you have taken a step back, and being able to guide your team, even in the face of two, uh, an 0-2 start and, and the possibility of the bottom dropping out, I, I think this, I won't say it's his best coaching job, but it's certainly one of the three best years we've seen from him as a coach. So what's, let me, what's I'm, his best? I was going to say, and what's the criteria for that? Is he just wins? No. It, okay. I, I, th- I think it's the best coaching job. The best, the best job that he does as a coach. I would say his best is 2014. And that's a year where they, they get, you have the Percy Harvin, Harvin turbulence early in the year. They, they suffered three losses. I, I, I think they were three and three after, after losing at St. Louis. They might have even been two and three, but they lost at home to Dallas. They lose on the road to St. Louis in the game after they traded Percy Harvin. At one point, they're six and four coming off of a loss in, in Kansas City where it was freezing cold, just a blistering cold game. Uh, the, the running back, they gave up a big touchdown run late in the game to Jamal Charles that kind of cinched it for the Chiefs. Dan's and they, got a crazy memory. They, this is remarkable. <laughs> I, I feel like he's cheating and reading something, but he's uh, not. No, Keep going, Danny. I'm and sorry. It's for and real. It's six and four, and they've got, they, they're coming through what, what looked to be the toughest stretch of their schedule. And, and they won six straight games. They got on a roll, and they, they were just destroying opponents. I, I think that was his best coaching job because you're dealing with all of the challenges that we've seen other franchises deal with after winning a Super Bowl, getting to a Super Bowl. He's dealing with all of that. You have the unrest of trading a player that your franchise invested an awful lot in. Marshawn Lynch held out to begin that training camp. So I would say that's his best job, the best year of coaching, the best coaching job he did. I think the second best is 2012 because we all remember that as the breakthrough, but it took some major guts on, on Pete's part to yeah. go with a rookie quarterback and to, Flynn, st- yeah. it, to stick with the rookie quarterback because there were people that first month of the season who were convinced that the Seahawks were, were wasting a championship-caliber defense, and, and he held fast, and then when they got to December, he made the decision, okay, let's turn everything over to Russell. Let's let him loose. And, and they, they win that overtime game in, in Chicago where essentially Russell wins it twice. Uh, a game, a go-ahead touchdown late in the fourth quarter. They give up inexplicably like 56-yard completion to Brandon Marshall. The Bears kick a field goal to force overtime. Then Russell leads another 
touchdown drive. That one winning on the the pass to Sidney Rice where Rice gets knocked unconscious. And then they score 150 points their next three games. And, and Danny, what's the name of the trainer that came out and shoved uh, the tight end? Donald Anthony Rich. McCoy. Anthony McCoy. Donald Rich. Yeah, after... <laughs> After Sidney Rice has been knocked out, McCoy's trying to pick him up to get him to celebrate, and Donald and Rich shoves him. Body yeah. laying on the ground. Yeah, it was it was quite a scene. And then you see Russell was essentially not celebrating because he was so concerned about Sidney. That was his initial reaction. It yeah. was that the job that so that would that would be my ranking, and I think that this one is right up there with with that degree of difficulty. What Pete accomplished was remarkable. I'm not kidding. I almost want to stop talking about the Seahawks and tell, ask you how you do that. I, I, you re, for you to just give us what happened in 2012, Danny's 2014. Give you a very self-effacing answer. He's going to say it's because I'm pathetically. Uh, I don't know what. It's because I you don't I'm, have a life. Yeah, because so I've wasted space in my brain that should be dedicated <laughs> to other more worthwhile okay. pursuits, and I've used it to chronicle the history of the Seattle Seahawks under Pete Carroll. There it is. That's amazing. Perfectly done. A guy that used to paint houses. <laughs> That's exactly and right. And once fell off the roof. Danny, yeah. can you do that with other sports teams, or is it because you're such a fan no, of the Seahawks? No, he can do it with everything, Paul. Okay. I've been listening to it for six, seven years. It's amazing. I'm re- it actually makes me feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad about myself. Do you feel stupid? Yes. No, you're I a Stanford do. guy. You're not stupid. And then I come around Paul Moyer. And, and then it, you feel it, smart everything again? Everything all evens out. Yes. Yeah. The other That's thing that I have, for. I have a great memory for is really, really uh, ooh, fantastic jokes. No, no, that I know. <laughs> you know what? You got, you got silence crickets yes. here, Danny. Got nothing for that. <laughs> hey, we'll see you tomorrow on Danny, Dave, and Moore. Well, wait, who's winning this week? Well, I think, yeah, the Seahawks, Danny, I, I think the Seahawks got this one, and I think it's going to be – I think they're going to put up a, a big crooked number. I think they're going to get 31, and I think the San Francisco 49ers will have 17. All right. I like it. I'll take it. Danny, thanks for joining us. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Take care. Right, thanks, Danny. Danny. There he goes. Danny, the brain O'Neal. That, that was truly amazing. Yeah. I knew he had it, but I've never got, seen like, that. That's a bigger applause than Nick Finette. He deserved got, it. I know. It was amazing. All right, coming up next, we'll give you our final thoughts. We'll go through some game predictions and uh, what's going to happen on Sunday. Paul will tell us exactly what's going to happen on Sunday. That's next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar in Bellevue's Lincoln Square. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling's Batch Number 12 Vodka and Legendary Donuts on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. Dave Wyman and Paul Moyer at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar. And let's wrap it up, Paul. What do you think, man? I mean, you and I, being old players, we're always like, ah, this is going to be tough. And Woe I know, is me. I know, and I know that people think, come on, man, this is a three and ten team. But we know too much, right? You, you've gone into games like this, and it's not so much that it's a trap game and that guys are going to let down. It's more that every team is good in the NFL. And you can make a case going in. And I did this as a player, too. I didn't look at stats. I, I, I didn't look at even their record. I just looked at what, what I'm looking at on film. they got some players. they got George Kittle, maybe the best tight end in the league right now. they got a really good running game. they got a third-string quarterback who's playing his tail off. 
What do you think happens uh, this Sunday? Well, again, I, I'm always nervous in these games. and we're, we're coming off a Monday night game, short week. We're going on the road. It's grass. Yeah. They just beat Denver at home, played well, beat them 20-14. to 14. Denver had been hot. The Denver's not as good as we are, but they've been hot. Um, they're the 10th-ranked defense or the 14th-ranked offense. They can throw the football. It's going to be a tough game, and I, I mentioned this earlier. The only difference between the 49ers and the rest of the league right now is turnovers. Oh, and, I, and I know that's a huge statement because, you know, with, you can't say, well, without those, they, they have them. They're the worst in the league at plus-minus ratio. And it's not so much that they turned the ball over a bunch. They've only got two interceptions this year. Two. That's a remarkable. Sherman has so, none. None. And so I, I think it's going to be a tough game. It, it, it's hard to beat a team two weeks later after you just beat them on the road. Right. You know, you, and you mentioned it earlier as well, Dave. They're going to make adjustments. We'll make some, but we beat them 43-16. to 16. So as a coach, you're going, I don't need to tweak things that much. They're going to. But it's, it's the same personnel. It's the same formations. We're going to have to play well. It, it's a big game for the Seahawks. We do not want to lose this game, then have to beat Kansas City or have it come down to the last game of the year against Arizona. We're going to win, but it, I, I truly believe this is a fourth quarter, last play or last possession or two win. Well, and it'll be a fun playing right home. I, you know, I don't know about you. I loved playing on the road, and there's nothing like winning on the road. Yeah. And being being on the on the team playing, it's so much fun. It just brought back so many memories of, you remember getting a big win, especially when you're not supposed to win. Remember Cincinnati in 1989, everybody was, oh, you guys are going to get killed and everything. We ended up beating them out there, and the plane ride home was like a celebration. And there's something about having a chip on your shoulder, and when you're on the road, it just, uh, and I think this team likes playing on the road. It's a bunch of young guys that, you know, and we've seen, like, the home field advantage has not been, like, overwhelming this year. They've corrected it with a win over Green Bay and San Francisco and now Minnesota, but... You know, going back to, to last year, it was kind of 50-50 type of deal. This is a team that really loves playing on the road. They're a young group, and I just feel like the enthusiasm and the love for the game, and I know that sounds corny, but there's a lot of really good things going on as far as off the field and chemistry with this team. Well, when we had Nick Vanette on, I mean, he, he alluded to that, right? I mean, he, there's not a guy on the team he doesn't like. You know, a few years ago, I was looking at teams that went and won the Super Bowl. What was their road record? No team had won a Super Bowl with a losing road record. There have been a couple that were four and four, but if the Seahawks win this game, they're five and three. You're five and three on the road. There was only three teams in the NFC going into last week that had winning records on the road. It was the Rams, New Orleans, and Seattle. So that, to me, I always said, you go on the road and win, you're a good football team. So I want to ask you a question, though, because you are blessed. You get to be the color for the uh, Seahawks on the radio broadcast, and, and you get to fly with the team, you know, there and back. What's, what's been the most fun game coming back on the plane? Probably Carolina. Yeah. You know, and I, one of the things I pointed to, and we talked this week on our show uh, about, well, the, the ride home wasn't fun because it was like five hours, you know, the headwind and everything. But, man, you're on the team plane. You get right, right on the plane. You don't have to go through the, the terminal and everything. But uh, the one moment I really enjoyed was Bradley McDougald after the game, down in the tunnel, after, outside of the locker room, just it, pure joy. 
out of that guy. And, you know, they had just, and he had made a huge play. He got the, the lone turnover. And you remember how that was when, when we, as players, you know, when you went on the road, you just feel like number one, you came in and just conquered their entire town. And now you're leaving and going back home and you kind of take something with you. And then just the, the joy of these guys all playing together. There's no bad attitudes. There's no, grumbling there's no nobody's worried about a contract i mean look frank clark right now he could be grumbling about why haven't they re-signed me how why haven't they extended me i'm one of the best defensive players that he is in the league right now and he's happy with what he's doing and so yeah everything is right with this team and it's, i've been saying this a lot lately paul and it's kind of corny it's like it's not stats it's not anything that you can put your finger on but Football is an ultimate team game, and if you have guys that love each other and are playing together, they're going to do well. And this is almost like a college team, I I think, this year, that everybody, it's not about money, it's not about anything else other than going out and having fun playing football and winning games. And and you're right with with that attitude, because it is, you got a bunch of friends who are going on the road together, you spend all the time together. And when you win, you're celebrating together because you're back on the plane together. It, it is the best feeling. When you're at home, you've got family and you've got friends and you've got to go to a restaurant. And, and you, everybody goes their separate way. You go way. your separate way and, yeah. and you're celebrating with your family, which is nice, but it's not the people you go it's it's so different. Yeah, you're so on the bus together. The you're on the plane together. I want to play yeah. again. I know. Let's I'm go. I'm telling you, Paul, it's the greatest job okay. ever. I always tell players, and I, I forgot to tell Nick Vanette this, don't ever retire because it's no good on the outside. <laughs> it's no good. It's not bad, yeah. but it's not as good. Today we were talking to Doug Baldwin. He was talking about maybe going into the media. I said, you're going to suffer a drastic drop in you pay. You want to be hated? Yeah. By the players? Yeah. Exactly. No. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming out tonight. And special thanks to, well, Danny O'Neill, the Professor John Clayton, and Nick Vanette. And special thanks to Curtis Rogers, our, our, our engineer, Brenna Hutchison, promotions manager, Jessica Kelly, and our board operator, Brian Shoning, who was born on the same day as me. His parents are here tonight. Yeah. And of course, he's an amazing man because he was born on March 31st also. But mostly, what? Stop it. I was about to mention your name, executive producer, NASA Chobie. Now I'm not, well, I already mentioned it. Anyway, he makes this whole thing happen. He's the best. He is the best. We really appreciate you guys coming out, and we'll see you next week on Hawks Live.